Greetings, this is podcast number 82 of Blast the Right. I'm Jack Clark from TheRationalRadical.com, www.TheRationalRadical.com. Today, we're going to pick up from a few podcasts ago and discuss another example of a third world nation's people fighting for their very lives. Let's get right into it. My sources are articles and columns in the New York Times, the CIA Factbook, AmericanRhetoric.com, The Associated Press, and FoodFirst.org. The story continues. A story that could be told around a campfire as an epic, almost legendary tale of oppression and revolt, suffering and vindication, evil and good. We started telling this story eons ago. December 2005, Podcast 22, when Bolivia had just elected a new type of president. Quote, Evo Morales will be the first member of the indigenous majority to run Bolivia since the conquistadors arrived nearly five centuries ago. Close quote. Five centuries in the making. It took that long. And we, or should I say the Bush administration acting in our name, didn't help things at all. Morales won despite intense U.S. pressure and warnings to Bolivians against electing him. Fast forward to last spring. Another chapter, Podcast 44, when we discussed how Morales had fulfilled a campaign promise and decreed the nationalization of that nation's oil and natural gas industries. The crazy idea Morales and the vast majority of Bolivians who supported him had was that profits from the extraction of Bolivian natural resources would stay mostly in Bolivia to help build up that impoverished nation, not line the already unfathomably deep pockets of the energy multinationals. As you would expect, right-wingers were beside themselves. Their profits in Bolivia wouldn't be obscenely large anymore, but far worse, This could give ideas to other exploited nations. It's precisely this type of action by third world leaders that is more terrifying to the right than any WMD. It is, frankly, the right's ultimate nightmare. The right-wing propaganda machine therefore went into overdrive, forecasting gloom and doom to the Bolivian nation because of its impudence. Fast forward one more time to just a few months ago, Podcast 68, That chapter title? Victory! Nationalization succeeded! Naysayers be damned! A major moral and political victory for Morales, and even more so for the Bolivian people. Now, we haven't been discussing Bolivia in a vacuum, but rather in the context of a worldwide movement of oppressed peoples for their economic freedom. So let's expand our reach, enlarge the picture. One of the myths about the Third World is that its impoverished people are passive, perhaps too weakened by hunger to fight for their rights. Not so. The following excerpt is from 12 Myths About Hunger, a piece from the wonderful, wonderful organization foodfirst.org. Quote, Myth 9, Too Hungry to Fight for Their Rights. Reality, 
bombarded with images of poor people as weak and hungry, we lose sight of the obvious. For those with few resources, mere survival requires tremendous effort. If the poor were truly passive, few of them could even survive. Around the world, from the Zapatistas in Chiapas, Mexico, to the landless people's movement in South Africa, wherever people are suffering needlessly, movements for change are underway. People will feed themselves if allowed to do so. It's not our job to set things right for others. Our responsibility is to remove the obstacles in their paths, obstacles often created by large corporations and U.S. government, World Bank, and IMF policies. Close quote. Have we not spoken about, in Podcast 56, for example, just such obstacles created by large corporations and U.S. government, World Bank, and IMF policies? This excerpt spoke of the Zapatistas in Chiapas, Mexico, and the landless people's movement in South Africa. As we've seen in Bolivia, sometimes the movement takes the form of a peaceful revolution at the ballot box. Acknowledgement of the worldwide nature of these movements for change didn't just come recently from Food First, however. No, it was announced to all of America, to the entire world, on April 4, 1967, from the pulpit of Riverside Church in New York City. At first I hesitated to play this clip today since I did so just a few podcasts ago, but then I said to myself, wait a minute, this is worth hearing again and again, over and over until it's memorized even, until you can cite it back verbatim to at least try to melt the cold, cold heart of a right-winger. These are revolutionary times all over the globe. Men are revolting against old systems of exploitation and oppression, and out of the wounds of a frail world, new systems of justice and equality are being born. The shirtless and barefoot people of the land arising up as never before, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. We in the West must support these revolutions. That was Martin Luther King Jr. in his 1967 Beyond Vietnam speech, where he forcefully came out against the Vietnam War, but obviously didn't stop there. He linked the Vietnam War to a worldwide pattern of the United States being on the wrong side of history, often as the very leader of the wrong side. King did not just admonish us to remove obstacles, he challenged us to change sides and support these revolutions. As part of this worldwide focus, just a few podcasts ago, we had a framing chapter discussing worldwide wealth inequality. The following week, we went on to discuss Ecuador, where, as Bolivia had previously done, the People's Movement culminated in an electoral triumph. They elected a progressive president who pledged to use Ecuador's oil wealth to benefit all the citizens of his nation, not just the narrowest slice on top. I promised that, in addition to Ecuador, I'd soon give another example of hungry people fighting back, and for that chapter, today we turn our gaze back onto Bolivia. In addition to multinational exploitation of oil and natural gas resources, there's another major area of global economic injustice, another major cause of human misery, suffering, pain, and death that we need to understand. A true revolution of values will soon look uneasily 
on the glaring contrast of poverty and wealth with righteous indignation, it will look across the seas and see individual capitalists of the West investing huge sums of money in Asia, Africa, and South America only to take the profits out with no concern for the social betterment of the countries and say this is not just. It will look at our alliance with the landed gentry of South America and say this is not just. Yes, the landed gentry of South America, of any nation on earth. Let's end our alliance with the landed gentry of South America. Let's get on the correct side of the world revolution. We must support land reform. And there has been a major victory for land reform in Bolivia. Let's set the context. Bolivia is a small nation with only 9 million people. If you thought a few podcasts ago that Ecuador's 42% poverty rate was obscene, what possible word could you use to describe Bolivia's 64% poverty rate? As even conservative New York Times columnist David Brooks was compelled to admit, quote, In Bolivia, 3% of the people who tend to be white control almost all of the economic resources, and 65% of the people who tend to be Indian control almost nothing, close quote. Before Evo Morales was elected, almost two-thirds of the Bolivian people had been failed by their nation's economic system and its leaders. I want to now give you the patented blast the right infant mortality rate analysis. You won't hear this anywhere else. I take a statistic that you don't really know what it means and put an unfortunately all-too-human and young face on it. The infant mortality rate is the number of children who die before the age of one each year. It's expressed in a number per thousand live births. As the CIA fact book, where I get these infant mortality stats, dryly puts it, quote, This rate is often used as an indicator of the level of health in a country. Close quote. In the U.S., it's 6.4. In Ecuador, it's 22.8. But in Bolivia, it's so bad, it makes even Ecuador look good. In Bolivia, it's 51.7. What does 51.7 mean? Here's the exclusive Blast the Right statistic breakout. It means in Bolivia, 9,500 babies die before the age of one each year because of malnutrition or lack of adequate medical care. Extrapolated to the United States, if we had as bad a health care and malnutrition situation as Bolivia, and thus their infant mortality rate, there would be over 300,000 infants in America needlessly dying every year. That's the magnitude of the horror, proportionally speaking, in Bolivia. And that's just the infants. What about the children and adults in Bolivia who also die prematurely from malnutrition and lack of medical care? No wonder there was a revolution at the ballot box and the people elected Evo Morales, quote, Bolivia's first Indian president, intent on reversing centuries of dominance by a European-descended minority and granting greater power to its poor indigenous majority, close quote. Morales took a big step forward in doing just that with his nationalization of Bolivia's natural gas industry. And next in his sights was land reform, 
going from natural wealth extraction to use of his nation's farmland, the ability of the nation to feed itself. Most of the land in Bolivia is held by a relatively small number of large landowners. Speaking in general terms applicable to Bolivia, the Twelve Myths piece tells us, quote, Large landowners who control most of the best land often leave much of it idle. Unjust farming systems leave farmland in the hands of the most inefficient producers. By contrast, small farmers typically achieve at least four to five times greater output per acre, in part because they work their land more intensively and use integrated and often more sustainable production systems. Close quote. Not only do large landowners leave much of their land idle, but that which they use is often for export crops. We in the rich industrialized West can pay so much more for the products of Bolivia's land than can Bolivians that these large landowners grow crops for us, not food to feed their fellow countrymen. Land reform would allow small farmers to grow food to feed themselves and other Bolivians. Quote, Redistribution of land can favor production. Historically, comprehensive land reforms have markedly increased production in countries as diverse as Japan, Zimbabwe, and Taiwan. A World Bank study of Northeast Brazil estimates that redistributing farmland into smaller holdings would raise output an astonishing 80%. Close quote. Even if some smaller farmers decide to grow export crops, the profits will be spread widely through society, not limited to just a few wealthy landowners. Land reform in these nations with large agricultural sectors of the population is thus a critical element of social justice, and therefore a key element of Morales' agenda. Let's take a break, and when we return, you'll hear how this next chapter in our book of worldwide economic justice unfolds. So you wear the vestments of ill-gotten legacy Bankrolled by CEOs and died by Christian destiny You give us empty words and flags to rally around But the rest of it don't seem to trickle down To straight to hopeless faces, mortgage and foreclosed Downsized part-time jobs Forsaken by the HMOs Sucking up the welfare When there's more to subsidize And they won't just go away If you ask nice Kill the poor You poor Put a cap right in their brain Ain't no room in this utopia Better than today All the babies Are my soccer moms To clear your holy Before we get back to the main segment, your one-minute voting report. Podcast Alley has cleared up at least some of the vote cheating. We're a fairly solid number eight now. How about 40 or 50 of you guys who listen but haven't yet voted? You know who you are. Start voting this month. That could bring us back up to number six, where we were in January. As always, I want to make everyone an offer you can't refuse. Or so I hope. You get a half hour a week, two hours a month, of a show you enjoy listening to. 
And what will I ask in return? Ten seconds of your time once a month to go vote for Blast the Right at Podcast Alley, which you can do from the one-click link on the podcast homepage. Two hours for ten seconds. You could even go vote right now if you want to. Deal? Cool. Evo Morales proposed a sweeping land reform bill to ensure that, like that other natural resource, natural gas, Bolivia's fertile lands would be utilized for the benefit of the entire nation, not for the benefit of a relative handful of large landowners. Morales started small. He gave, quote, poor farming communities some 8,500 square miles of government land, close quote. But then Morales proposed legislation that would, quote, eventually allow his government to redistribute some 77,000 square miles of unproductive land. Morales said the government will not seize productive land, but rather large tracts of Bolivia's sparsely populated east held by a handful of wealthy families, close quote. What? Help the poor? This can't be allowed to happen. The right-wing opposition did everything it could to stop the measure. It instituted a major league stall. Then things became, shall we say, interesting. Can you imagine the sound of thousands of feet marching down from the impoverished Bolivian highlands? Quote, More than 3,000 Indian demonstrators, many in brightly colored woolen ponchos and straw hats trimmed with neon thread, descended on the capital, La Paz, some walking for weeks as opposition lawmakers tried to stall passage of the reforms. Despite their long journeys, the marchers were in high spirits. We're exhausted, sure, but we are here to reclaim our rights from these speculators who have taken our lands all over the country, said Natalio Izaguer, who hiked 18 days from his small village near Potosi, about 260 miles south, in sandals made from leather and old car tires, close quote. The shirtless and barefoot people of the land arising up as never before. Indeed, it's just a thrill. These are the shirtless and barefoot, almost literally in some cases, people of the land streaming down to the seat of power to seek justice, to claim their long-denied fair share of their nation's wealth, to recover what has been stolen from them. No, we are not satisfied, and we will not be satisfied until justice rolls down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. That was an excerpt from Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech, in which King, a true Christian, quotes the biblical prophet Amos. This is, to me, I don't know about for you, like a biblical epic, which is quite appropriate in the context of land ownership, as later you'll see. As the crowd swelled to 10,000 of his supporters, Morales told them, quote, It is not possible, my friends, to have so much land in so few hands and so many hands without land. Close quote. With this mobilization of the population came legislative victory. Quote, the Senate approved a sweeping land reform bill in a pivotal political victory for President Evo Morales, 
Mr. Morales signed the bill into law near midnight to the cheers of thousands of indigenous demonstrators at the presidential palace in La Paz. Many supporters of Mr. Morales came to the Capitol from the countryside in recent days after a conservative block of senators tried to thwart approval of the legislation. Close quote. And now you can see and hear in your mind's eye another biblical epic spectacle. Quote, the marchers poured into the palace Tuesday night, red-eyed with fatigue, but smiling wide, some playing drums and Andean flutes. The jubilant protesters turned the presidential palace into a celebratory scene as Morales signed the legislation. This is the struggle of our ancestors, the struggle for power and territory, Morales told the crowd. Now the change is in our hands. Close quote. The 65% who, even conservative columnist David Brooks admits, have controlled almost nothing, from now on they will control, hopefully, an ever-increasing something. How will this change proceed? Quote, the government's first step will likely be deciding how to determine whether a parcel of land is productive or not a process sure to spark heated debate with Bolivian agribusiness leaders who have long fought against Morales' agrarian reform. Close quote. You should know that land fraud, coercion, and outright theft is how huge land holdings are often created in countries where law enforcement and the courts do the bidding of a few rich families. And good old Morales is on that as well. Quote, the government has publicly accused some of Bolivia's most politically powerful families of large-scale land fraud, adding a layer of personal animosity to an already charged issue. Close quote. Not only that, but Morales isn't stopping with natural gas nationalization and land reform. Yes, there will be future chapters to come in Bolivia's march towards social justice. Quote, at Tuesday night's ceremony, Morales said his government's next project would be to nationalize Bolivia's mining industry. Close quote. And we'll cover this and all other future chapters as well. All this change will not be easy. On the land reform front, quote, some agribusiness leaders from the eastern lowlands have vowed to use force if necessary to defend their farms against government expropriation. Close quote. Big words. Be mindful, you agribusiness leaders, of the warnings of a man possessed of far more wisdom than yourselves. Those who make peaceful revolution impossible will make violent revolution inevitable. Be careful you don't play that role, not only you agribusiness leaders of Bolivia, but you right-wingers all over Latin America, you right-wingers all over the world. Martin Luther King's words apply to right-wingers all over the globe. I am convinced that if we are to get on the right side of the world revolution, we as a nation must undergo a radical revolution of values. We must rapidly begin, we must rapidly begin the shift from a thing-oriented society to a person-oriented society when machines and computers, profit motives and property rights 
are considered more important than people, the giant triplets of racism, extreme materialism, and militarism are incapable of being conquered. Change your values, right-wingers, or they will be your spiritual doom. Speaking of values, I mentioned earlier that a biblical epic feeling was quite appropriate here. That's because the Old Testament book of Leviticus provides that all land is to be returned to the original owners every 50th year, the Jubilee year. This is a radical wealth leveling mechanism that is part of the Judeo-Christian tradition. The indigenous peoples of the world have been waiting far longer than 50 years, in many instances 10 times 50 years for such a return. You right-wingers who claim to be Christian and who put so much stock in the book of Leviticus's anti-homosexual passages, well, if the book of Leviticus is to be followed on that, you had better follow it on land reform in Bolivia and all over the world. To all of you right-wingers, what will it take to make you see that you're the ones on the wrong side of history? and you can either come over to the progressive side, the moral side, or be swept away in a tidal wave of your own making. Well, that'll about wrap it up for today. If you like what you heard, please tell a friend about Blast the Right and vote for Blast the Right at podcastalley.com. There's a one-click link to do each of those on the podcast homepage. You get to the podcast homepage by typing in Blast the Right in Google, and I'm the first result. A special shout-out to all you Live 365 and Red Dragon 365 listeners. Great to have you on board. Consider coming over to the podcast homepage and subscribing. I've been asked, besides voting at Podcast Alley, how you can spread the Blast the Right word. Well, here's three ways. One, write a positive, five-star, review on iTunes in their music store, which you access through the iTunes free software. Two, register at Podcast Pickle and make their Blast the Right page a favorite. This is just a one-time, not a monthly deal. And three, register at dig.com and click on their Blast the Right page that you dig the entire podcast. Links to all these can be found on a separate page off my podcast homepage. Could the listener who posted a comment on Podcast Alley as Zydeco Bay please email me? I want to ask you something. A note to everyone I've written to and said maybe we'll do an interview. That process is beginning to get underway and I do still have your information and I will contact you in due course. And now a word from another progressive podcaster. All I'm saying is give peace a chance to wake up. It's time That's to right. take to the streets. Mainstream media, where are you? George W. Bush was born on third base but thinks he hit a triple. <laughs> Wakeupam.blogspot.com All the oil men in the White House. Rumsfeld's cronies, buddies, neocon pals. What is wrong with this picture? And just bypasses whatever's in the Constitution. Just when we think I it mean, can't get any worse. Fascist government. 
dictatorship. He's like the ultimate spoiled brat. Wake up and smell the oil fields. <laughs> Remember who said this that. This is health care. This is get sick and die care. <laughs> Mainstream media doesn't cover it, so that's why we're here. Yeah, look for me at Gitmo. That's where I'll be. After September Playing 11th. the 9-11 card every the time they American can. subject to eavesdropping. These Illegally. actions are in the president's authority under the Constitution. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Wake up am.blogspot.com. I dare anyone to call me a conspiracy theorist. Music credits. The break music was Kill the Poor by Matthew Grimm and the Red Smear and Not the One Blues by Burnshee Thornside. We'll close with a little bit of We Can't Make It Here by James McMurtry. Links to all the music I play on Blast the Right can be found on my music resources page. Links to all the statistics and quotations I use can be found on my data resources page. Both of them are linked to off the main podcast homepage. Keep all that great email coming in. My address is rational at adelphia.net. You can also call in and leave a comment for me to play on Blast the Right. Dial 310-933-5891 and leave your message. If you prefer, you can leave your comment on Skype. My name there is Jack from Blast the Right. So, until next time, I'll sign off and say I love you all, including all you right-wing misguided souls. There's a Vietnam vet with a cardboard sign Sitting there by the left turn line A flag on his wheelchair flapping in the breeze One leg missing and both hands free No one's paying much mind to him The VA budget's just stretched so thin And there's more coming back from the Mideast War We can't make it here anymore That big old building was a textile mill It fed our kids and it paid our bills But they turned us out and they closed the doors We can't make it here anymore You see those pallets piled up on the loading dock They're just gonna...